0: Welcome to My Music Podcast, a podcast where we sit down with Michigan musicians and those alike, and we pick their brains on a wide range of music topics. I'm one of your hosts, KJ. I'm your other host, Scott. And and with us today, uh, I I just got to keep it simple. Uh, With us today, we have a guitar wizard. You know, there's no other way to put that. Uh, It's a friend of Scott and I's. And today with us, we're happy to have the one and only Sam Granger on the podcast. Ooh, in the hot seat yeah um sam i gotta say we we've got a uh a first here um uh you you have your guitar yeah literally in your hands right now yeah yeah uh, can we have you just serenade us for yeah a second? tell them why show them why i say you're a guitarist yeah 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 oh man <laughs> i mean no pressure on that front right you know <laughs> you know what Scott I, I feel like um something like that just yeah and I beautiful it's just was, good yeah. Music. yeah yeah <laughs> man we're, we're gonna switch our topics around I have to jump into that I think you need to yeah yeah um so yeah be ready for that Sam but anyway Sam tell us tell us about you man um wow, man beautiful harmonics there to nice. lead in
1: yeah, so born and raised here in Michigan. I what, work what part as of Michigan?
0: Always Grand Rapids or Allegan? Allegan. I grew County. up
1: to a German Catholic family, and uh, I sprech the Deutsch. And um, I work as a web developer these days. But in terms of music, there is like kind of a twin prong thing. Where uh, on the one hand, I've always just vocationally been a guitar player. Like I started playing when I was twelve and never stopped. So I've always just done it, like even when I was in grad school, I'd just write a song a semester or something. Um, never played or anything, and then recently, over the past four years or so, I got into playing gypsy jazz around town yeah. with Django Phonique and the Third Coast Swing Group over at the Old Goat on Saturdays. Um, so I've been playing a lot of like gypsy jazz and submitting to that style and learning you know, music theory for the first time and all of that. I used so- to do a bunch of Andy McKee tapping stuff.
0: Remember that video on YouTube, whatever was like the first popular little thing, you know? Oh, if you could do it, that that'd be amazing. It's it's some crazy stuff. All oh, like, yeah, there we go. Let's go. Yeah, it's cool.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I'm not gonna do no he yeah. The whole <laughs> guitar. Yeah, he did
0: he turns that whole thing. Yeah, it's nuts. Uh but that's dope. So yeah. um, so so gypsy jazz, man. Explain to the people maybe what that is for people who may not be familiar.
1: Yeah, so Django Reinhardt was a uh, a French gypsy, and he, uh, you know, he had all the style that you come like you get from Romani, Eastern European gypsy music, you know, with lots of like uh, lots of chromaticisms, like that's stuff that you hear in Romania, you hear right. in Albania, you hear all over. Take a minor. all that tension a lot of diminished yeah. arpeggios and so he took like all of that character and then he discovered jazz So he kind of like took his own voice and he heard this new up and coming music, you know, like it's not his voice. It's, I mean, he's unique, but this is generations of phrasing and stuff. And he was like, well, I'll play whatever the tunes of the day are. So he played all of me. He played Coquette. He played Sweet Georgia Brown, you know. And was this like an East
2: meets West kind of fusion of sounds?
1: Yeah. I mean, it kind of, because like the uh, the Romani people are actually from India initially so that's why they bring in like a lot of the, the, the augmented right. or the not augmented tonality but like
2: right you get one of those uh, what was those microtonal guitars oh yeah, yeah. Right. I mean yeah. we just got uh, a King Gizzard was, <laughs> yeah I was going <laughs> to say <was> <laughs> <using>. <laughs> so that's all yeah. it's coming back now with yeah. those guys
0: yeah gypsy jazz so you say you started kind of playing it four years ago yeah but was that something previously you had an interest in or did you like just kind of drift into
1: it yeah man like when i uh i was on a well you know you're on forums when you're in middle school or high school or something right. and you're checking out and everyone's saying like who's the best guitar player Yeah, everybody's but, like tom DeLonge, you know <laughs> yeah there's a handful of people that say that <laughs> Yeah, but then you always have some old fogey who's like, no, Django Reinhardt. Yeah. And then it's like, well, who's that? And you look right. it up, and then you just, you hear like all that kind of stuff, yeah. and you realize, dude, he did that with two fingers. Yeah. Like, he's That's the go, man. Like, he invented the guitar solo. I'd, I'd mm. argue that. No, I like, the that. guitar as a solo instrument? Yeah. One was his big active period uh i don't know the 30s you, okay the 30s yeah. that
2: sounds about right mm-hmm.
1: i mean he was he was so good that like when the nazis took over france they still like turned a blind eye to him like, mm. like interesting if the nazis are letting you slide because you're good at jazz <laughs> and you're a gypsy like there's a lot of things that don't <laughs> that compute on that <laughs> so you just got to have chops you know that's crazy
2: that is crazy so, talk about the like drive towards the acoustic guitar. Was that the first instrument you had? Because it sounds well, like the y- inspirations y- you had. You're all also acoustic. like a, a gear
0: guy too, right? Like I've, <laughs> I've seen your
2: pedals. But that like, seems like a more recent development. But yeah, maybe a, a lot line. of them are for sale. Okay, <laughs> he's like, I don't ever use these. <laughs> no, I,
1: I bought like a dozen delay pedals, and I found the three I like. <laughs> that
2: sounds like somebody else that we know, right? Oh,
1: <laughs> shall not be named. <laughs> He'll be on here soon. Yeah, he'll be on here soon.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I wonder how he's been. (laughs) Um, But yeah, talk about the acoustic, why that seems to be,
1: at least for me, looking at you, your Mm -hmm. sort of
2: instrument.
1: Yeah, so I mean, definitely was a gear nerd. uh, But then when I moved to college, I was like, am I going to bring an amp? Am I going to bring my pedal board? Like, I'm living in a dorm room, you know? And I got a lofted bed, (laughs) there's no room for this gear. And so I literally looked up like awesome guitar and what I right found in the old Google machine,
2: honestly, the image awesome hits.
1: Guitar. Yeah, back in 2007, <laughs> like a machine gun
2: shaped guitar, one yeah. shaped like an axe, a shark, and shark then, a, the then a gypsy jazz. Well, the algorithm,
1: the algorithm was better than it is now because the first video that came up was Andy McKee playing drifting. Though. Oh, okay,
2: cool. Yeah. and
1: so I was just like, this guy, what, what is he doing? Like, he's playing two or three parts at once he's doing the drum on the body he's holding down the bass bass. he's doing the melody up top and maybe some pads around it with the harmonics and such
2: he makes it look so easy too like yeah when you're in the
1: when you're in the vibe it is easy yeah who was his like predecessor i mean he didn't you'd probably say like uh michael hedges or preston reed
2: Probably like some calypso stuff, or not calypso, but um, what's the G- G- Gabriel?
1: Or G- Rodrigo y
2: Gabriela? Yeah, yeah. like flamenco. Flamenco, flamenco. music oh, using the yeah. like yeah. like instrument like a a percussive like thing, a drum, well. yeah. yeah, like a drum. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: I definitely loved listening to them, too. Um, but, yeah, so I, when I was in school, I was just playing on my own all the time. And that was how you could write a whole song mm, amongst yourself. Right. And so I architected these, you know. I mean, they're almost compositions. They're not songs, necessarily. And I put out an album of that. It's called Living Room Session. It's on Bandcamp. Nice. And, um, yeah, so...
2: If you had to pick a um, notable track from that album that I should splice in, what would you say?
1: Oh. How do I pick um, from all my
2: children? Yeah.
1: I would say either Over the Fields or Ad Vesperate.
2: So how was the recording of that um, did you do it so here's all my on your own? here's Tell my thing. Uh,
1: I am not a professional musician and never have claimed to be
2: same yeah.
1: and uh, I would I've wanted to record that for a long time but it was actually a friend of mine from high school who went to full sale and worked at uh, Uncle Pete's down in Kalamazoo. or what was that bar called I don't know Papa Petes I don't know Yeah, Papa Pete's Yeah yeah, So he would run sound And he had the ear for it And he was just like Dude, you should come over to my house And we'll drink beer And I'll record a session And I was like Well, I can't pass that up You know, I'm not paying for studio time And then at the same time I had a friend who needed website work And she was like I'll trade you for headshots And I was like Well, all right. Well, I got an album cover (laughs) And just through uh, good friendships uh, That album came out Sweet so yeah it's like it many good things, things to do. <laughs> yeah sam just
0: just out of my own curiosity because like i mean i can't say that i'm into a lot of gypsy jazz but uh, mm-hmm. a guy that i think of that just has a crazy style is a uh, joe pass yeah uh, he's like the one that i got into man like Virtuoso, all of that mm-hmm. whole series man but i love joe pass mm-hmm.
1: And he's he's someone who makes no bones about his indebtedness to Django. Right, right. Like all the way down to when he talks about using a pick, which by the way, you know, he can do finger style no problem. Yep. But he straight up calls out, like, I took my rest stroke picking. Anytime you change a string, do a rest stroke. He got that from Django.
2: What do you mean by that? So it was like, a demonstration.
1: There's, there's alternate picking, right. which sounds like
0: right KJ yes <laughs> I alternate pick all the time so it's
1: it's alternate picking everything that you do is very right. even right now a rest stroke is when the string or the pick goes through the string and lands on the next string so it's you're letting gravity do the work and it comes out a little harder so it's a little louder mm. and so if I do the same exercise with uh, the string skipping it sounds like
2: so you're emphasizing mm-hmm note
1: yeah right yeah so like when you get that it's a little more pump and you can throw more weight into that because it's gonna land on the next string right it's because it it's hard to do on the high e because then it just goes off into space and you need to drag it back (laughs) but if you're just throwing all this weight in and you know it's gonna land on the next string it's gonna trampoline and bounce back so that's one reason why you can play faster with rest stroke picking Mm. Oh. it makes me just
2: realize for all the musicians out there how important your picking hand is I think we often overlook that for yeah. our fretting mm-hmm. hand but it's the same thing with the bass um, I was I learned the banjo for a while it made me really you know practice my right hand yeah
1: um, well especially as a bass player too where you at least right. pay attention to different fingers right mm-hmm. right
2: at least in the early and then they sort of take over the muscle memory but yeah right. that's pretty cool i never thought about that as a as a thing I'm sure I've done it did he? Who invented the? And this makes me want to go to Google machine. Who invented the pick?
1: Or when did it? Not who, but when <laughs> did it get invented? Well, there's a there's a lot of different kinds. I mean, like if you go to like the, a piece of bone. Of well, I rocks, mean, like if, <laughs> you, if you look at like the Arabic ud, they oh, play with right, right. a pick that like you hold in your whole hand. Right. It's like a slice of bone. Just for
2: the amplification, I assume. Yeah, so, the- I mean,
1: that's really the the thing about the rest stroke picking is it's an artifact from an acoustic era where in order to make your notes pronounce more, you would use rest strokes mm-hmm. and re- realize that I can land on the next string. So I can get a little extra juice out of this note, a little more clarity, and I know I'm not going to lose my pick by throwing it out in the air because the string's going to catch it. So... These guys were playing acoustic for a lot of their career, and it, that kind of carried over into the tonality. Right, mm-hmm.
2: makes me think of Brian May
1: playing with a a pence. Is that a British? The size of his coin that he played with. He oh played, yeah, yeah, yeah. Same those, thing with ZZ Top. <laughs> they always played with uh, pennies or pesos. Just to get Did that like know that.
2: get the like metallic on metallic sound. You get a little bit of. a... Especially on a round one string, kind of grabs it right. a little bit differently. Yeah, that would.
0: Hmm. That's pretty cool. <laughs>
2: You gotta get I'm out of the, to uh, yeah, the, the to tortex. <laughs> yeah, well, I was, I was gonna say
1: like it used to be tortoiseshell, but that's yeah. illegal to buy now. Yeah. So, anyways,
2: but you can hole. totally
1: DM us at uh, <laughs> my music podcast <laughs> if you got some tortoiseshell you're trying to get we rid of. We should have live callers. Yeah. Let's talk picks. I know,
2: right. <laughs> With that out of the
1: way,
0: let's
2: get into our first topic.
0: Yeah. So, um, right. so uh, we were gonna do this second, but I feel like we have to do it first, and I'll explain why. So the, the question is, what makes a true musician? And I'm putting true in quotes because, like, I feel like that's not a true thing. Very subjective. Real, it's very subjective. Yes, there you go. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to still go down that avenue. And, like, the one thing to me that's always, like, tried and true about a, a musician that I like that I always see like I'm like oh they really like just love music is when they like you walk in a room and they see a guitar and they just walk to it instantly or a bass or whatever you know and, and Sam like has his instrument like with him you know right um, so this just like one thing it's just like you could always tell when people really love music because I mean I feel the same way like if I walk in somewhere and I see a guitar in somebody's house I'm like yo can I, I? play that yeah <laughs> can I can I just get that for like a quick <laughs> second like just to try it you know uh, you have like that itch hmm. you know. Um, and when I just see people with that, so anyways,
2: Sam, so it's funny you say that. That last yeah. pyramid scheme show we played, the guy that went on after us, he had a five-string. I'm like, let me just hold. That yeah, you like. Let me. Let me. <laughs> see that. Let I have a see weird that. question. <laughs> let me just hold that. He's like, yeah, I get you. He's, <laughs> He's like, like I, I get sure. You. I know how it feels.
0: <laughs> but Sam, so what? What makes a, a true musician to you? And we could all just circle around and, and see what we got here,
1: man. Uh, I mean, I got a few different angles on this one. Give it, give them all to us. Well, I this mean, is, like first of all, small. I think it's it's hard to say what a true musician right, is. That's like what you say. It's subjective. We're it's very subjective. No, no I mean, right I think it. Yeah. I think it's clear. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I think oh, it's, I it's <laughs> right. No, I think it's point Blake, But I think we need to. Can I swear on here? Yeah. Go all right. For so, it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I think we need to sort through some bullshit. Yeah. First. Yeah. Ooh. So i like it (laughs) so like every you know you can say i don't know what a true musician is but i know what it isn't Mm. yeah so like i'm i'm curious about the things that are not actually important to being a musician that maybe we think are important Mm -hmm. and it's like nah you don't need to have a custom shop strat yeah nah you don't need to i don't know Be able to play solos faster than people can hear them. So, technical mastery might not be the thing that makes you a musician. Yeah, yeah. No, I totally agree with that. You know, it's like paying your bills on gigs, it's an accomplishment for sure, but it might not be what makes you a musician. So, it's like being a, a full time musician, being a technical wizard. You know, there's a lot of things that being a musician is not. Yeah. Didn't sure. know if you guys had any other things where you're like, you know, I was um, barking up the wrong tree. I thought that was what a musician was. And no,
0: I think uh, to your point, too, to add along to that. One thing that I, I cringe on that I used to make the band do is just like fashion Like, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I used to think like, oh man, like maybe we got to dress up and wear like collar shirts or whatever, you know, or do this or like look some type of way. Mm -hmm. It's just like, man, when you're just being yourself and like authentic, which is where I'm getting at, it's like, people could sense that or feel that, you know what I mean? When people see me with, uh, some sweat shorts on with a parliament tee, it's like, oh yeah, that's KJ. (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? Me wearing an Argyle sweater with a shirt collared under is just like, you're splitting the
2: difference between musician and performer yeah I think yeah, when you're too, talking about costumes, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. A yeah, that's a performer that's a call.
0: Definitely. Yeah, that's a good point. Then um I got to say still back to my original point though to to that. It's just authenticity, man, man. And I feel like that comes through a lot in the music too, you know what I mean? When you sing something, uh it was interesting. John Batiste, man. Shout out to John Batiste who mm-hmm. won Grammy for best uh album of the year, but he he talks about this of like when somebody speaks, um, like when they when they're doing a song or whatever, say like you could tell when it's like you're trying to be something like you're not. It's like your voice is your voice, and people could feel that when you're doing it. And if you're not truly doing it, it's almost like you could feel it sometimes. You know, a heard. lot of times.
1: Yeah, I mean there there are definitely times when, um, you know, I've seen people on stage, and sometimes I've been that person on stage, and I've heard myself have things come out of my hands, you know, where I've, I thought about this afterwards. I was, I called myself on it, but it's like, when you're on stage, I can hear the, the only thing about your music that I can hear is that you really like being on stage. Yeah. Yep. And you know, there are times when I catch myself phoning in, just throwing licks and trying to flash people. And it, it's cool and all. And, you know, in a dinner crowd, maybe no one noticed and they were like, oh, the music was so great. But I know I was phoning it in. I wasn't right. a musician. Yeah, right. You know, I was going for the attention or I was going, you yeah. know, instead of communicating something. Yeah.
2: Yeah. No,
1: that's a good point.
2: Right. And then again, that's, I think, the gray line between musician performer. Um, yeah. Sometimes you do have to ham it up a little bit, you know, if, if there's. Mm-hmm. Getting a little bit of attention here and there, I think, is not a bad thing. But if it's like a 100% thing, then yeah, you start to lose it. But
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, like, just shout out to uh, Joe Hurtler and the Rainbow Seekers, a um, bunch of friends in there. And uh, after I saw them play a little while ago, um, I said, listen, man, uh, uh, to Caleb, the sax player. Guy, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just like, listen, man, a lot of people can play good music, but few people can put on a good show. And you guys happen to do both. Right. You know? Yeah.
0: I mean Joe Hurdler, man he's been doing it for a minute man and mm-hmm. like yeah that's one thing that like you could tell about his music is like he really care he's that guy where I feel like if right. there's a guitar around like he would grab it cuz he seems like that you know
2: well, it makes me think of what makes like a I always like to look at it from a different angle like what makes a, a true comedian oh you know mm-hmm. it's the same thing it's just something that's just naturally just funny yeah and when I got on stage they might be performers but they're just naturally. Funny I think people. that's the that just that's make the people word laugh natural.
0: Like, like it's just right. natural. You know right. what I mean? You see somebody do something, and you're like, "Oh, this person is like born to do this." There's thing, a level like, of like comfort in yeah. doing it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
2: The other thing I was going to say, I'm not so sure. Like as I was thinking about it, I was like kind of picking it apart. But it's something I say a lot of my students with an uh, visual art is like, uh, I think a true artist is somebody that can be versatile through different media Mm. and mediums. Like you can make something of interest or of authenticity through whatever I put in front of you. Now, if you put, I'm trying to think for me, like, I don't know could I plink out something on a centaur or like a flute (laughs) or a cello? I don't know. Maybe like you could, I'd have a sensitivity towards maybe melody and I probably couldn't technically play the thing well, but I'd have, I'd try to plank out something that made some type of logical sense. It wouldn't be Mm. like just nonsense. So maybe that's like a a true musician that has a ability to adapt to the thing in front of them.
1: Right. Yeah. So I, I think like, you know, uh, there's, there's an analogy between like, a full musician or a true musician and like a full or a true human being. Right. Yeah. Where like in a, in a human being, like your body needs to be solid, solid enough to get you to from a to B and solid enough to be able to pick up things and do the things that you need a body to do. Yeah. Um, and same thing with a musician. Like there are certain rudiments
2: Right. Tempo. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, Tempo, right, yeah, uh, pick yeah,
1: yeah. attack, you know, yeah. uh, the paradiddles and different rudiments that drummers use. Like, yeah, there's just certain things that happen, you know, like if you're going to be a human being, you got to have a body. If you're going to be a musician, you got to have your rudiments. Right. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Yeah. And
2: then I think that's what I was trying to get at. Yeah. yeah right. So,
1: like, let's move up another step, though, where, all right, cool. You can you handle yourself in keeping time, you handle yourself in paradiddles and stuff like that now here are scales, now here are licks. Right. That's like being a body that's like, all right, well, I'm going to have a mind and be able to know how to make... Say a
2: few words. Well,
1: yeah, say a few words, you know, like you learn some phrases, you learn Mm. a few mundane things, like I know how to put my pants on, I know how to go to the bathroom. These are just basic movements that you need, just like licks. right? Right. But see, there's a thing that happens, and I think a lot of people lose it, Right around this period where they think, well, the rest of musicianship is just multiplying licks or multiplying skills. And it's like, no, the, I, personally, and this gets metaphysical, like you're not just your mind, you're not just your habits. You know, there's something beyond that. We're just as the mind gives way to the spirit that learns how to relate to people. So, too, like licks resolve out right. to the melody. Which is able to take things that are minor in one key and major in another and Mm -hmm. be like, all these changes are happening in the same song. Deal with it. It makes sense on a spiritual level, doesn't make sense on a theoretical level. Mm. And that's, I feel like that's a tension to go to that next level and like leave your shedding behind, leave your theory behind, and just listen. Yeah. Well that was really what, what I was going to
2: say to that extent is yeah I think a true musician kind of have anything in front of them and make something out of it. Yeah. But then I think you can switch that to like okay then a true a, a musician typically has one instrument they might call home. Mm-hmm. And for me then a true musician if we're talking about that home instrument is just comfort when it, they're holding that instrument in their mm-hmm. hand. Yeah. It's comfortable. It's not awkward. It's their how their hands move they might not be the most like virtuosic player, but there's a level of comfort. Like, I don't need to like, you can tell when somebody's doing something for the first time, mm-hmm. like talk about like somebody, uh, like uh, somebody that's making cocktails, right? Mm-hmm. You can tell somebody that's making cocktails for the first <laughs> time versus somebody that's just done them over and over again. There's a level yeah. of just like fluidity. I'm breezing. I'm breezing. The, right. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's where you can, again, it has nothing to do with, I think the, uh, what's coming out of it, but it's, you know, yeah.
0: no, yeah. I get that, man. Yeah. I mean not to like brag on myself or anything, but I'm just like No, I you should the, brag
1: on yourself. No,
0: I'm yeah. just saying of just got like, no went. no musical like background or anything of like anything like anybody teaching me you know what i mean it's just i was 18 and picked up something man it's like yeah it was like one of those feelings i, I don't know how to describe but it's just like i felt good you know what i it's mean those hours even, put in yeah, yeah you know even from the first time though no, it's like showing me a decor and i was like oh damn okay i got that pretty <laughs> easy you know it's just like it felt comfortable like instantly you know and I, i'm not saying that's the experience for everybody no but no i'm just saying i'm just like well, yeah, that comfortability is just like, you know.
2: You were just talking about playing basketball it. earlier. I feel like if I saw you on the court, I'm like, yeah, he's a true athlete. He's got a level of like comfort.
1: And then you see me on the back court. <laughs> like, hey, he's got to put a few more hours in. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. But uh, like the other thing too is there. You weren't you weren't stra like a you weren't strangled by your theory or your lack thereof. No, and I still am not. Yeah, like. <laughs> it was like it was the song that you're interested in communicating that's yeah. pushing you along to actually learn the chord shapes and stuff. Yeah, because I, I think you can go from a melody and learn theory. Right, but I don't think you can go so much from theory to learn melody. I
0: gotta say, man, I I, I mean, again, not bragging on myself, jam with some people who know theory. You know mm-hmm. what I mean. And I just did what I do, It was just like three notes, you <laughs> know I mean, fucking it up, getting my chili peppers on type thing. <laughs> but uh, it's just kind of like one of those things where like I was still able to kind of control the jam, like, okay, all right, here we go. I'm about to build up, right? I'm about to, I'm about, you could feel the switch up coming. Sure. And I'm still only playing, you know, three, four notes, you know what I mean? But it's just like one of those things where it's just like... I know I don't need to do more. The other people, James Brown. Yeah, the other stab. people around me <laughs> could do more. Yeah. I'm here to fit in the pocket and drive something and do something, yeah. you know? And a lot of times, yeah. I think a lot of guitar dudes like are like, nah, I can't just be chilling in the back. Mm-hmm. Like, I got to be the one to do the solo when it's coming up. And it's mm-hmm. just like, you don't always need that, you know what I mean? And, I mean, well, now we're kind of getting off subject. Of, you know what? Let's you know, no, talk about to music. Like, not, not a no. true song really musician, quick. but it makes yeah. me
2: think of um, one of my favorite examples of that is uh, Talking Heads um, what was it Remain in Light that whole album yeah because it's it's all these instruments playing fairly simple things that build this cacophony of music mm-hmm. but there's nobody really doing anything that crazy but it's the intricacies of the exchanges of the instruments that's kind of what you make me think of yeah like, I'm definitely. just playing something simple but it's adding it to feels the, so the much. textures yeah
1: It's just like you got once you get a degree of proficiency on the instrument, then the challenge is to not let your fingers play you, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, when you're playing a solo, to not lie, right? You know exactly. I, you know because I can do like uh, I yeah, can do that like, without that's thinking, nothing. yeah. And it, if you hear it, you might be impressed for a second, but you won't remember it afterwards. And that's that's been a metric for me is like. If I can't hear it in my head before I play it, I don't expect you to remember it after I play it. And mm. I'm only interested in playing stuff that people remember because, yeah. like, if no one's humming it or no one's remembering it, why did I even waste all that energy trying to pick through it, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Dope. I
2: like that. Yeah. I think we I think we covered that topic. We, no, we yeah. We went there. Yeah,
0: we went there, man. I was scared to do that. that, that. I know that's a touchy subject, man, but... I don't know.
2: But well, you it's know, not I touchy. saw it's, it's everybody can form an opinion, and it, I think that's fair. Yeah,
0: you know, it was an interesting video I just saw that I watched right before I came here, and I didn't even think about this it was uh, John Mayer uh, was talking about pop music and, and mm-hmm. what it means to be a popular musician, you know? And he's like, there's nothing wrong with saying like you want to be popular. Like, that's mm-hmm. all pop music is. It's like, I want a mass amount of people to like my music. Yeah. And he was like, and if you made that music and you like that music, like that's all that matters and people will sense that and sometimes yeah, it becomes popular, and like you There's know, nothing you wrong have, with being yeah, he, he was about to say, like mm-hmm. you know, you have a song like "Your Body Is a Wonderland," which I'm proud of. You know, and he's like, and yes, I understand. It's pretty but amazing at, that you know time,
1: I can be in a place where thousands of people are singing it at exactly, one time. Exactly, yeah, part of that yeah. community.
0: Yeah, but I think sometimes, a lot of times too, a lot of musicians just think like, "Oh, I can't be popular. Like, mm. I got to be underground to to you know be real or whatever that." No, More if you is, can't you remember know, your
1: songs, no one else remembers yeah, them. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah. yeah, it's it's
0: important, I think. Yeah,
2: yeah, I think it's
1: whatever makes you, whatever drives you
2: to do what makes you happy. Right. Yeah. You know, and there's nothing invalid about somebody else's different what makes them happy. You know, if what makes them happy is to be underground and to be unknown, or that's not even a word. <laughs> unknown. <but> unknown. <laughs> that's a good band name. Yeah, under-known. I was gonna say that's a great punk band. <laughs> like. Uh, I think some people like that. Like, I don't yeah. want to have that. Mm-hmm.
0: Is true, and that doesn't make them less of a true musician. And at all, equal right. opposite. Yeah. It's all right. The other right. side of the coin.
1: So, uh, but on that note, there's a lot of people that want to be known by a lot of people. Right. Yeah. And uh, I have I have like a quick little matrix that I think is really handy uh, for those of us who are online trying to learn from people who are online mm-hmm. who are putting themselves out there all the time. I feel like. There's four tiers of musicians on social media. So there's like a master. And a master, usually really low production quality, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Because all they care about <laughs> right. is yeah. the music right? and communicating something. They'll stretch out notes. They'll... They'll play fast. They'll play slow. They'll play whatever they want, and they'll maybe they'll give you some tips here and there. Like I think a good example on YouTube would be Tom Bukovac. So these you just got to know these instantaneously. You cannot fuck around. You have to know these within your sleep. You know, in all keys, right? You have to know them, and and when you know them all, then it can unlock all these little two. And three note shapes that you can use in your soloing, right? Mm. Yeah. Is, so the, you can check out Tom Bukovac. You can just tell this guy's a genius. He's a natural. He's a master of his craft. There's not much else to say. But it's like a 280p, like his quality videos. <laughs> uh, <laughs> He's he has an young young iPhone sitting yeah. in a toolbox. Yeah. <laughs> That's his production quality. Right. right. So, it, but then a tier below that, it, it, I don't know if I want to use the word below, but a different tier. Is teachers, where like teachers, they take masters and they break them down into systems. We'll have someone like Rick Beato. I was just gonna
2: bring up Rick Beato. Where you put him? And then historically, you know, if you think of all the classic bands, they were all based on blues, R and B, psychedelic rock, any rock genre up until new metal was based in the blues, either in the vocal stylings and the guitar riffs, the guitar solos. Well, so this doesn't have guitar solos. And this doesn't have blues-based pentatonic riffs, and it doesn't have blues melodies. This was a real shift away from traditional rock, and in some ways it's closer to um, 20th century classical music with its heavy use of chromaticism. We're going to talk more about this as we get into the song. Let's check out the intro.
1: Yeah, so Rick Beato is a perfect teacher because he can be like, what makes Django Django? What makes Coltrane Coltrane, right? (laughs) And so it's like, he's a great teacher because he systematizes it, he curates things, he points your attention into places, and now you have a framework where you're like, dude, I know how to do a few Joe Pass things, and I know how it works with, and how it's different than Mozart, because Rick Beato taught me. Right. Then there's like, below teacher, there are students. And these students that are on YouTube, They kind of come off as authority figures because they're really impressive and they do a lot of Q&A. And these are people like Adam Neely. ...pizzicato, it immediately forces you into a different mindset from which you are accustomed to as a guitarist. All of the fancy patterns that you're used to playing are now a lot harder to play. Bass is foundational, so you really want to just focus on what is strictly necessary. When you play fingerstyle, don't think of plucking the string. That's a little bit of a misnomer. Rather, you should sort of think about pushing through the string, if that makes any sense, so your finger lands on the string above
2: it. Yeah, you know? I know, you know. KJ doesn't spend much time on YouTube. No, oh man, I
1: just play by air. <laughs> yeah, but see like someone like Adam Neely, yeah. you whenever Adam Neely talks, I feel like he's trying to impress Rick Beato yeah. and not me. Right. And he'd be like I passed the test, didn't right, I? Right. I nailed it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like there's plenty of good there. You just need to know what a, what mm-hmm. questions he's asking. And then the fourth tier is like you got classmates. They're mm-hmm. they're, they're just as good as you. They just have a camera. Right. And they're usually posting a reaction video or an unboxing video. <laughs> um, and I feel like when we're, when we're musicians and we're going for inspiration on YouTube to be able to characterize these and be like, all right, which person am I looking at? Am I looking at just nothing but teachers and I'm not like checking out the masters? Am I going to nothing but students and not even getting the discipline of a teacher? Or am I just watching unboxing videos every day with everyman? And that's been a really great way to sort out I like my inspiration. That. Have
2: a, have a range of them all, so they're yeah. all
1: important. Yeah,
2: I like that. I never not thought about it that way. Neither. I think I go mostly to the teachers and the students. Mm-hmm. Like I like the the glitz and the glam of unboxing because I am just like ah, eh, it's you know <laughs> it's it's stupid and it's like visual, right? New pedals come out all the time, right? New yeah. guitars, new pedals, and I do like I do like this uh, Scott Devine. He's the Rick Beato in a way um, for bass. Oh, I, I did just get mm-hmm. hip to him. I like his Scott good. Yeah. He's got Scott Devine's good, and there's another guy that he partners with. Anyways, it doesn't matter, but yeah, I like that you categorized that. I never thought about that way, and it makes a lot of sense. Let's go to topic two. All right, Scott, mm-hmm. I'll let
0: you break this one down.
2: So I felt like the first one was going to be very conversational, which it was, and I think that's good, um, but I want to bring some music into the situation. So I wanted to talk about where in music history is there, and it's more contemporary music history, um, do we see classical styles? And I, when I say classical, I'm talking about symphonic, I'm talking about jazz, mm-hmm. I'm talking about uh, bl- like uh, Americana, bluegrass, wor- world music things, are, music, things that are things that are pre 1950, to a certain degree, where they found well integrated into byzantine chant right 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 <laughs> gregorian yeah where do we see it in like maybe post 1970 or even mm. like contemporary times right. right now right does that make sense mm-hmm, huh? yeah, like where sure. is it where's a great integration my mind first went to uh, the song never going back again by fleetwood mac played by lindsay buckingham on the guitar the reason I brought that up is he's sort of his styles sort of cop and Chet Atkins a more sort of Mm -hmm. classic country um, the the right-hand technique of playing the bass line through playing a melody with your left hand Those time periods are fairly close together. I think he does something interesting because essentially rumors is what one of the biggest selling right. pop albums of all time. And he's playing Chet Atkins country style guitar in it. Hmm. And it's kinda cool. And so that was one thing I was thinking about is just, you know, the musicianship within it and uh making it palpable to somebody that's not like aware of what he's doing.
1: Yeah. And so were, were they born on the same instrument? Like they both started on banjo or both started on guitar? But acoustic guitar. Okay.
2: Yeah. Lindsay plays a modified, it's almost like a classical guitar with nylon strings, but amp, uh, with pickups.
1: Yeah. Cause I feel like that's one thing that you find with classic music is there's something about classic music where that's where you find your way around an instrument. Like if we mm-hmm. would have if we would have given any guitar player a guitar, someone would have written Smoke on the Water. Because it's just <laughs> right, like one oh one. It's, it's boneheaded. Yeah. yeah.
2: In the best of ways it's boneheaded. Right. <laughs> yeah.
1: And uh, you know, like I feel the same way. Like if they found something in the guitar, you know, it's a few simple chords, but they would have written the same song mm-hmm. at some point. And so it's good that they owned it and just found out how do I put my contemporary right. contextual right. Um, ad- adaptation to yeah. this universal idea of this song. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously, "Hallelujah" is a great version of that, mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. there's something about Alleluia where it was just like that Leonard, Leonard Cohen didn't invent that. That existed. Right, Leonard Cohen yeah. just happened to channel it. And, and then, then Jeff, Jeff Buckley, Buckley yeah, <laughs> took it to the next level. Yeah. Well, I just also feel like, you know, if you take like also Spraxer of from. I don't even know what, I you, don't just know what say. you just <laughs> said. Well, here's the thing. You I like know it. it. You know it. It's I'll probably do it. Yeah. Dun, 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 okay. dun, 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 dun. Someone, if it wasn't Strauss, someone would have invented that. Mm-hmm. And I think like that's something about classical music. Yeah, Like, if we didn't have a Bach back in the day, we would have had a Bach now. Someone would have gotten around to it because it's just so universal. The melodies, are they make so much sense to so many people that you can even take something like the Immigrant song, you know, and then, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, it's like if Robert Plant didn't do that, like, some tribe in the middle of nowhere would have used that for their war cry or their rite of passage for <laughs> children, <laughs> where it's just like so universal. And so when you say like classic music versus contemporary music, I always think classic music is whatever goes universal like that. Mm. Interesting. Interesting. That makes me
2: think of that, the the song of like the Death Notes, that one podcast. Um, mm. Oh, uh, Keynotes, Keynotes. Keynotes, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And yeah. he's like, it's in Frozen. It's oh in this, yeah, it's he was oh just this, pointing out in everything. It's, it's, all, it it's crazy. like the Funeral March, basically. Yeah. The notes that are taken up from that.
1: Yeah. Mm, yeah. Oh, yeah. that's a different. That's march. Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I think that's yeah. what you're saying is like there's these um, sort of phrases that are
2: universal amongst.
1: Yeah. All forms of music. Yeah, yeah, where I feel with contemporary music, when you say what's the difference with contemporary music, I feel like contemporary music isn't the eternal, it's the here and now. It's, the it's package. like right. it could only yeah. be done here. Right, right, right. It reflects the age that it was born out of, and yeah. that's not a bad thing. I feel like I listen to a lot of,
0: uh, like, 70s, you know, R&B, funk, and a lot of things that, mm-hmm. in the good stuff that I see is just like a lot of, like, Symphony things that I don't think people really understand happening. I've really been heavy into uh Stevie Wonder's uh Journey Through the Secret Life of Plants, which is oh, like, yeah. yeah, yeah, album that was just like kind of tossed aside, even myself included. And I've been listening, like, yo, this is like crazy. <laughs> He's even doing like some Baroque type stuff on there, man, where it's like very interesting, you know, but it was very dismissed as maybe not being popular you know especially at the time I mean this is 79 and he's coming off like some of his most popular so I could see why people disregarded it you know but just to hear like those strings and like a mo- at that time or even now I feel like you know it's modern you know mm-hmm. um, like it, it feels weird to like kind of mm-hmm. to hear those it sounds beautiful you know um, but it's interesting that like artists like Stevie Wonder uh, could implement those into like you know his, his music mm-hmm.
1: just call out on a kind of a different note but maybe it's related Um, there's something about uh, perceived disabilities that I think help people find some universal things like Stevie Wonder is blind and like that he doesn't he can't just get distracted by what's on stage what we're dressed as and stuff in the same degree as someone who's an Instagram influencer so like he sees music more than we might even see each other with our eyes yeah and then you know django he had his issues where he only had two fingers and he had so much he wanted to communicate so he's like how do i do it with two fingers and then you run into all those classical composers that were going deaf and they didn't even have amps back then <laughs> yeah, you know
0: they're somehow filling the vibrations still like yeah that, that's
1: crazy to me Yeah, where I think like there's something about like those really great musicians that it doesn't matter what you're going through, it doesn't matter what your disability is, it doesn't matter. There's something universal about this music when it's good and it goes right down to the roots. It's a good example. It's just ingrained in
2: you Mm -hmm. sometimes, you know. Mm -hmm. I do like though that, like myself, can listen to a Metallica song like Orion and it's got this Mm -hmm. sort of symphonic passage in the middle of the song and it makes me actually wanna go listen to symphonic music. For real. Yep. It's like how does maybe a contemporary music kind of transport you back in time to give you a deeper appreciation? That's the same thing with, um, again, going back to talking about the visual art, I'm like, students are so concerned about what's happening right now. I'm like, you gotta look at art history. Cause anything that's happened right now came from before. Yeah. Right. It's just re like you were saying it's repackaged. Yeah. Slightly nudged forward to fit the, the, the time and day. But like if you're, if you're hip to what's happening now, just look to see who they're influenced by and what they're doing now. And then you can have a whole Go treasure back trove, <laughs> right. Treasure trove of, of influences and things to dive into.
1: Yeah, and I want to call out, too, that a lot of the divide that most of us will have when it comes to, like, what is classic and what is contemporary, some of us might think Led Zeppelin is classic. However, uh, there's another sense in which all recorded music is contemporary in the grand scheme of human life.
2: Yeah, the span. (laughs) Yeah,
1: so, like, when you come across someone like uh, Avishai Cohen and his continuum album where he's like breaking out uh like a rock and oud player during a jazz jam um or you know like a lot of the turkish rock guys like uh Boris Mancho, I think is his name, and then Alten
2: Gun.
1: You know they're bringing man. I love that band. Yeah, they're they're a little bit more modern, but yeah. like. In those bands, you can definitely hear that they they're hearing a tradition, and they're they can't not bring it in yeah. right. to the recording studio. That's a good point. And um, and that's that's a weird thing for us to like reckon with too, where it's like if we think classic is what happened in 1970, well, yeah. we had like a good you know generation of people recording music before that happened, but. Right. When these people who have more oral histories that are just now breaking out, like Tanada Wynn um, and some of the sub-Saharan rock, you know, yeah. those guys, those were all oral cultures that are just now starting to get to the uh, right. the recorded I mean, scene.
2: Think about the seventies. That's 50 years ago. That's nothing. Yeah. And we're like, that's classic. I know it's like, wait, 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 Well, I hate to break it to you guys, but we're in our thirties. <laughs> I know it's just, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, when, you know, I wonder in a hundred years from now, I will be referencing what, you know, this is so funny. Me and Elliot were just talking about this of like, what makes something vintage?
0: <laughs> and he said like twenty to twenty five years and I'm like, That's right. probably true. I mean nineties is Yeah, that's what well, I'm saying. Like, no, the, the measure like 90,
1: there yeah. the measure there is really, well, when did you throw it out? <laughs> right. As soon like, as people uh, start throwing something out, that's yeah. when it becomes vintage because that's that when it becomes rarer. Yeah, I'm right. like something from
0: like 1998 is like vintage. I'm just right. like I know it is, but I'm like it doesn't seem like
2: it should be. My CD collection downstairs. <laughs> <laughs> I had one more. The Grammys were just on apparently Bella Fleck one over Billy yeah, Strings. I think
1: I saw that. Whoa. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean if you if you're going to lose to someone
2: Right. right, I think that's what he said. Yeah. <laughs> the reason I bring that up, though, is I think Bella Flex another good example of taking the the banjo, an Appalachian traditional and, instrument and from Africa, but a traditional instrument doing crazy contemporary mm-hmm, stuff right. with it and winning Grammys. Yeah. <laughs> pretty cool yeah and then he plays with future man playing a drum that's a a touch sensitive drum tar wearing a pirate hat (laughs) (laughs) to just top things off uh, yeah future man yeah it's crazy um
1: well i just want to put a call out to billy strings like uh if you feel really miffed you know that you didn't get your grammy award i mean you can be the headliner at the grand rapids guitar festival in 2022 <laughs> Same, you know, yeah Same keynote
0: we, uh, speaker yeah we we we've like it's it's funny i feel like we should have talked about that in the intro but i feel like you got to talk about that like for
2: sure right yeah, yeah. although it's, it's all, gone and past tell, tell us about tell us about it but this. it's coming back around no. no right? it's, oh, it's it's a coming thing back. it's, yeah, a it's thing. gonna be every year okay
1: yeah give us a little lowdown yeah so um you feel free to splice this back in the beginning. Um,
2: <laughs> no, it's a good way to bring it right around back yeah, to where we started. Right.
1: Yeah, so uh, I'm not a professional musician, but apparently I'm a professional guitar uh, festival creator, community organizer. There community organizer, yeah. So uh, last year I created the Grand Rapids Guitar Festival which was a a summit for everyone to get out of their bedrooms after COVID, get together and jam together. We were learning on a lot of different styles, and we had a lot of musicians from here in Grand Rapids and a few from uh, the other side of the state. Uh, Andrew Brown was our keynote speaker, and he talked about um, finding your voice inside of a tradition. And uh, we're partnered up with the Special Olympics as well, so we're offering um, not only classes to the people that sign up for a ticket, but then we're also offering music therapy and, um, music education for the special Olympics athletes as well. And we're looking to like really expand this and just make it a seasonal thing where it's like every fall we go to the guitar festival and learn the things that we're going to shed all winter.
0: Nice. Mm -hmm. Where, Where did you hold that at?
1: We held it at the Special Olympics uh, location on 68th Street. 68th, okay. All right.
0: Nice.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: What was the highlight, would you say, other than the keynote speaker? Well, I mean, because you're talking to the guy who put it on, uh, my highlight was that we broke even and (laughs) that that everything uh, went off without a hitch Uh, and it was a just the perfect amount of people where if we needed to pivot the schedule we could change it around and that allowed everyone to kind of learn what they needed that day and the other great thing is we're recording everything that happens at these events and we're gonna offer a streaming ability as well so that way if you're like, ah, I can't attend in person, or ah, I need to watch, I wanna watch these lessons afterwards, we got you. Everyone's like going through their own thing these days, and weekends don't always line up, but we wanna make sure that everyone can get this content and we can just build up the guitar scene here in Grand Rapids. Yeah. No,
0: that's a sweet idea. What made you think about that? Were you just sitting around during COVID times and just like had this idea <laughs> pop in your head, or was this something you've been thinking about for like a long time?
1: Um, it's, it's part of a wider idea that I have, um, about uh, corporate culture. Cause I'm a, you know, I work at a corporate job yeah. and I know a lot of people that are like secretly musicians. And I was like, well, how can I get everyone out of their bedrooms? Cause I know a lot of people who are full-time programmers or full-time supply chain people or whatever, you know, whatever industry you're in full-time restaurant tours, killer guitarists, but they just live in their bedrooms. I was like, well, how can I get everyone out? And I was like, well, you just make a festival. Do it that way. Yeah, but what if they don't show up? Well, they can watch it online afterwards, you know? So that was kind of the impetus for the Sweet. idea.
2: I like it. I yeah. like it
0: too. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Hopefully, I could get involved this year. You know, I asked you, but uh, someone it didn't, had a no. wedding. I know. I was about
0: to
2: say I had a wedding the last time you
1: asked me for, to do it. Obviously, but guitar thing, players. I was to create our
0: own. <laughs> <laughs> do it, Scott. <laughs>
2: um, that's awesome. I I hope um that it goes really well, even better this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and just continues Thanks to grow. It. That's cool. I well. think it's anytime you can build a community. I
1: think it's a good thing. Yeah. Sure. You guys are doing that too. Try, yeah
0: cool well let's go to this last topic last topic all right so sam if your music was a spirit or a liquor what type of uh spirit or liquor would it be
1: <laughs> this is an easy one all right. uh my my group is called chartreuse Manouche, so it would be green chartreuse oh, oh you
0: fancy motherfucker <laughs> <laughs> okay.
1: elaborate yeah so uh chartreuse is my favorite spirit it's a herbal liqueur from the french alps And uh, it's medicinal, primarily, recreational, secondarily. I might use the secondary (laughs) usage as my primary. But um, it was founded in 1605, which is also the same day that Django Reinhardt died. And uh, manouche is the word for a human being, but it's also the word for gypsy in French. What, in Romani, sorry. That gets a little confusing. It's the French version of the word for human in the gypsy language in France. Okay. So that's very circuitous, but <laughs> right. Chartreuse Manouche, it rhymes, and every May 16th I should have a party. So that's the backstory for that.
2: Man, that was quick.
0: I know. He was just like, Did oh, I got beforehand? this. you tell him No. I just know Sam is a man of class with his spirits as he has a bottle of scotch sitting out here. <laughs> yeah. Um, so instantly I just thought like I have to ask him that question.
2: Every time you bring up a question, I'm
1: like, what I said?
2: I have no answer. <laughs> I, I, I couldn't even answer this one.
1: If I can just boil it down, though, I mean, like the reason really why chartreuse and absinthe and all those green liqueurs are my favorite is just because... You, all you have to do is like pour an ounce of it. And then for the next hour, you're unfolding it, being like, what is that? What is that? Well, there's like a hundred spices and herbs in there. So like... It's only made in, like
2: has to be made in one...
1: Yeah, only two monks know the recipe Right, at any that's time. what it is, yeah. Yeah, and so I take the same approach to my music where it's like, no, no, just show up for an hour, but I hope that you think about it for the rest of the night. Dope that's wow. sweet that's
2: solid that's solid man we gotta end on that <laughs> <laughs> well sam thanks for coming and doing this yeah um, it's great you. to have you and your your intellect behind everything you had to say i really appreciate it oh yeah.
1: guys thanks for having me so yeah. good to hang out with y'all
2: for sure and
0: scott um i know usually you play the uh music out but um sam do you mind playing yeah i think sam should out play something out, here? Yeah. yeah and we'll have scott fade it out <laughs>